Fallout, a news podcast for geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and I am joined by uh, my co-host in crime. First up, Mr. Kevin Deason. How's it going, Kevin? It is going well, Chris. Um, to to play the old man weather card that I do so often on the show now, um, it's September. Mm-hmm. School start again. It's unofficially fall. So why not have it be the hottest it's been all year? Yeah. Well, it well what's funny is it actually got kind of cold where I'm at like but now it's starting to warm up again. But yeah, I'm not ready for fall or winter. I can't believe the kids are back in school. It just it, it's crazy. Um and we are joined by our special guest once again, Alexa. How's it going Alexa? Hi, I'm good. A little cold. <laughs> But good. <laughs> How dare you? I have turned the AC on the last two days. Oh, well, see, then you must be getting that hot that we just had then. Yeah, we probably, probably came across the continent and landed here. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny because yeah, my wife had to turn the furnace on the other day because it oh, was God. it was so cold in our house. Um. I have to suffer a bit because I don't have a furnace. I only have in-floor heating. Oh. So if I turn it on, it takes two or three days before it actually warms up. Oh. Hmm. But it's nice. No cold feet in the winter. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that would be nice. Um, <clears throat> so I apologize uh, to the listeners. Um, we've been, we were only meant to be gone for a week because I had a week holidays. But then I for some reason decided to catch a flu bug at the end of my holidays. Uh, so last week I was hacking and coughing and sick and, and it just wouldn't have made for a good podcast. And it, and it worked out so well that we, uh, canceled because like, yeah, when I, cause I actually went, that was my first day back at work and like, I came home and just like passed right out. I was so exhausted. Um, so it, it actually worked out that we didn't do it. Um, it would have been bad. Um, and I'm still a little under the weather, but not crazy sick. But yeah, there's definitely bugs going around. Um, and, it, and like last week, because I mean, I was coughing and stuff so much. I actually wore a mask for the first time since, you know, we came out of the pandemic. And... Uh, yeah, it uh, it was just like riding a bike. Like it was so easy. Like I just <laughs> slipped it right back on, and um, yeah, there was definitely no think. There, there was no one thinking I was faking it with the amount of coughing I was doing. And then um, during one of my meetings, I actually lost my voice, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on the mend, but it doesn't help. Also, like where I live in Alberta, and I'm sure this is what it's like for you too, Alexa. Um, 
like we're just getting bombarded with the the, the forest fire smoke from the Northwest Territories and BC. Yeah. That like not only am I sick, but the air quality sucks on top of that. So I'm hacking and coughing. I think that's part of why I'm hacking and coughing. To be honest, is the smoke as well as being sick, but. It's so bad. I had plans on the weekend because it was it was hot on the weekend. It was like mm-hmm. 30 degrees. I had plans to jump into my pool because I got a pool this year. And it was like the worst year to have a pool because it's been so smoky. You can't be outside. We literally canceled all of our plans this weekend because we could not be outside. So it's like stayed home. Got a bunch of stuff done in the house, but it's like I wanted to enjoy the nice weather outside, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't happening. But yeah, the smoke is really bad. We've closed all my windows, ran my air conditioners just because it has a HEPA filter in it, mm-hmm. So and there's no airflow in my house otherwise, right? Because in-floor heat, no furnace. Yeah. So at least it got something kind of moving and something kind of fresh, but it got real cold. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the smoke can go away now. I'm over it. I've had enough. Yep. Yeah, I I just wish it would stop. Because, yeah, just, just damp, totally put a damper on summer. You yeah. know, between yeah. um, the smoke and then um, all the evacuations, like people getting displaced from their homes. And, um, like, my son and his girlfriend... Uh, live in Edson and they got evacuated for like a week oh, which was it was but it was kind of nice because they were like they came back to where we live um, they just stayed in my my sister's holiday trailer so it was nice because they were around but at the same time it's like yeah it's it sucks that well, uh, you, you, you have to go through that and yeah but uh, anyway um for this episode, we're just doing a Geek Wallet Reloaded. We're going to hold off on the 80s discussion uh, because we want to have Ragnar and Lillian with us. And they unfortunately... Lillian might join us later, I'm not sure. Uh, but Ragnar couldn't make it this evening. So we're just going to push back our 80s movies discussion. But it's been so long since we've done an episode that there's plenty to talk about. And unfortunately, we're going to begin the episode with our In Memoriam segment. Uh, because a lot of people passed away since we last recorded. Yep. Uh, first up, um, I got Terry, Terry Funk, American professional wrestler, passed away August 23rd at the age of 79. Um, I, you know, I, he was just one of those guys that was always around. I, I don't know if I was particularly a fan or, uh, he was just, you know, just a great wrestler and, and. You know, he wrestled some of the greats. But Kev, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Terry Funk? What you calling me as if I know something about this topic? <laughs> <laughs> as as our as our pro wrestling expert. I, the best thing I heard um, for all the tributes over the past couple weeks for Terry Funk is Terry Funk was your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, mm. and that seems to really hold true. And depending on how old you are and when you started watching wrestling, Terry Funk is something different to everyone because he just kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, he he and his brother uh, started with their dad's promotion um, in the 70s. He was NWA champion before like the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling era. 
and was going to retire. He, he did tour Japan. He came back instead of wrestling. Um, there was someone that saw his work and needed tough guys for movies. And Terry Funk appeared in Roadhouse as the bouncer before Patrick Swayze takes over. Oh, okay. Yeah. He started doing stunt work for Sylvester Stallone movies. And he ended up getting, you know, a, a side card, a union card, which wrestlers do not have a union. They do not have guaranteed health care. So he got a lot of guys jobs doing things like that and appearing in movies, which could then give them health care and give them some sort of benefits. Mm hmm. Uh, came back, he came back as a judge for uh, Ric Flair-Ricky Steamboat match. Flair was the heel, the bad guy. Uh, the next show, Terry Funk comes out to congratulate Ric Flair for his win. Again, Flair's the number one bad guy. Mm -hmm. And Funk, through his words and his attack of Ric Flair, immediately becomes not only the new challenger for the world title, but also the number one bad guy and has turned Flair good. Just in the way he came back. Yeah. This is an infamous return where he pile drives Flair and his head goes through a table before everyone was doing that. Yeah. Um, retired, retired multiple times. Um, he had a resurgence. Uh, in the 90s as part of ECW. Um, he did a tour of Japan and did the hardcore matches. He and Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Mankind. Mm. Um, two of them became best of friends. Funk came back, did some, uh, did a lot of work in ECW, became world champion again. He did another run in WWE. He did another run in WCW. I remember when Beyond the Mat came out in the in ninety nine or two thousand, the wrestling documentary movie. Mm -hmm. uh, they were showing him going to the doctor. So this is twenty three years ago, because he just mm -hmm. died. They're showing him go to the doctor, and they're just showing like all the injuries and everything. And I, I still remember, and I'm not gonna quote it directly, you know exactly, but I just still remember the the doctor saying to him, "All right, this knee." It has no cartilage. There's nothing left here. It's bone on bone. You must be in horrible pain constantly. That's your good knee. Let's look at the other one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. But he, he, he could talk and sell you into, you know, he could sell a ticket for any single match he was in. Absolutely captivating on there. Wrestled different style in different decades and was always evolving. And just you, you see so many people now that obviously patterned themselves after him. Yep. He was very entertaining. I do remember seeing um, a few of his fights against other wrestlers like later on as mm -hmm. a rewatch um, with friends. And I, I particularly liked one that he did with Hulk Hogan. I just I remember them having such charisma in the mm -hmm. ring together. And it was just like, oh, this is. This is not only is it good fighting, but it was like entered like very entertaining, right? They were very both very charismatic. Yep, in, in Hogan's first title reign WWE, he did have a feud with Funk, and Funk got uh, one of the big giant rubber yeah wrestling action figures. Yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like like I said, he was one of those wrestlers that. Uh, 
yeah, seemed to always wrestle, you know, all, everyone. Well, and for some for some reason, I want to say he did something musically as well. I watch a couple other Twitch people who one of them is big into wrestling, and we literally just sit there and watch these old wrestling videos. And I'm sure it was him that did something in music as well. For some reason, it's coming to my head. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, not not directly rock and wrestling. I do feel like he did like maybe a country style album at some point or something like that. Well, and I know he was in the video games, like the WWE SmackDown yeah. games. He was cool to play in that too. <laughs> um, I just I just looked up the music here. So he did do music. He released an album called The Great Texan in 1984, which was soft rock. Hmm. It was met with mixed reviews, but it's generally considered a cult classic by fans. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then as I'm as I looked that up, he also did a self-titled biographical comic book hmm. in 2022. So that's very recent. <clears throat> I wonder what that was like. Interesting. Cool. If I can find that. Yeah, things things you learn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, Unfortunately, speaking of staying on the theme of wrestlers who've recently passed away, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, uh, also known as Bray Wyatt, um, passed away August 24th. Um, He was born in, he wasn't that old. He was born in 1987. Um, So this is, yeah, this is after I. I stopped wrestling, so I can't speak to to him at all, Kev. But uh, what are your thoughts on 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 this gentleman and, and his passing? So Wyndham Rotunda, um, Mike Rotunda, who wrestled as IRS, was his father. Oh, okay. Um, there's uh, I believe his uncle is Barry Wyndham, who's one of the four horsemen. Hmm. So he comes comes from wrestling family with it. Um, incredible character absolutely incredible character he was always evolving anytime he left and came back he was someone new someone different um as the bray white character changed it started off mm-hmm. um like a, a swamp cult leader thing um he dressed sort of cape fear but he just see it seemed like some sort of uh like backwoods religious cult yeah that he started in nxt um, it was him, Brody Lee, who passed a couple years ago, um, Eric Rowan, and the, it was just big, scary, uh, hillbilly-looking guys that came mm-hmm. out and just destroyed everything. And he would do these promos, he would do interviews that were just, clearly he's thinking on another level. And he would tie it back around, but you're just captivated. Sometimes you're like, you said a lot and I was engrossed and hanging on every word. And I still have no clue what the hell you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and other times it hung with you for a while. And you're like, that kind of messed me up a little bit. Um, he was a good guy or a bad guy, depending on the story. You know, um, never quite, I, I want to say quite good, but I'd say like cheered. Um, you know, not, not quite on the side of angels. Um, he, 
left and came back, he debuted this fiend character, which was sort of like a horror movie slasher villain thing. He had this very creepy mask that kind of looked like the Joker's cut off face in a way. Mm. Yeah, Uh, I remember that. (laughs) Left came back again, and now he's got the Firefly Funhouse, which was like him as like a Mr. Rogers kid show host kind of thing. But he still had the fiend, the dark character behind him that could show up at any time. Um, He would corrupt other people to join his cult, his group. Um, One of the longest storylines is he did it, uh, this very blonde, um, almost cheerleader looking girl wrestler named Alexa Bliss. He absolutely corrupted her, brought her to a dark side which she was in and out of still up until she's out now for pregnancy leave. Mm. But like she was in and out of that character the rest of her career. Um, and he would just, the, the one of the cool, one of the things that I'm still kind of trying to piece it together. Um, when those of us who've read comics a long time, talk about certain people finally came along, uh, like in the eighties, especially and deconstructed comic books. Let's take it all apart put it back together, see what works, see what doesn't, and see what we can do new by stripping it down. I think Bray Wyatt was doing that with wrestling, especially the entertainment and the speaking part of it. Yeah. Let me take what we've been doing, strip it down, rebuild it, and see what we can do new. Um, and he would just... Uh, you, you couldn't take your eyes off of him anytime he came out there. He was trying new stuff all the time. Problem was, he's a bit of, you know, he's kind of tortured genius in a way. He had times he had to, you know, take a break for his mental health. He had times that he clashed with the people in charge of WWE and would leave or wouldn't be on TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like he had his vision. He had his level of genius and, you know, uh, he wanted to see it through mm-hmm. and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, you know, um, and, and you couldn't really put the character into a box. Um, and, and he would flat out say that in promos, my favorite opening line from any that he did. Um, you know, he talked about the good guys are bad. Are you a good guy or bad guy in wrestling? But he came out and said, I am the color red in a world of black and white. And I was just like, geez. Yeah. For, for wrestling, that's freaking brilliant. Yeah. Like, I am neither this nor that. I'm something new. Yeah. Um, And I loved it. So when when he passed, because I got a text from one of my best friends, and I thought, there's no way. You know, you, you must be confused, and there's wrestling rumors all the time. And I hopped online, and everyone's reporting it. Yeah. And I thought, he's only 36. And I was very concerned, like, what happened, too? Because we've seen lots of bad deaths in wrestling for of people who are very young for many reasons. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, it's not the right word. Um, but it, it, it's a fluke thing, and he had COVID very bad. Um, it was hmm. a private matter. Like he was off TV, but no one knew why. He okay. just said it's a medical thing, it's a personal thing, and everyone left it at that. You know, no one told his business. But he had COVID really bad, and it was affecting his heart. And he was supposed to be on one of those 
heart monitor things that you wear, and if your beats get too slow, it gives you a little shock or a little whatever. Yeah. And he said, I just want to lay down for a nap. It's uncomfortable to wear. When I'm laying down, I'm just going to take it off so I can take a nap. Yeah. And he ended up having a heart attack due to it being weakened from COVID while taking a nap and never woke up. Oh, that was horrible. it. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, let me see here. Okay. Terry Funk was Wednesday, I believe. Um, and a lot of my friends are huge fans of him. So they were very upset. Mm-hmm. I appreciate him, but I'm just not that level. Thursday was, um, Bray Wyatt. And I was really shaken up by it. Like I, I kind of posted stuff before the new, you know, facts were coming out because I was just reacting so quickly and instantly for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this has affected me a lot more than I expected. I did not realize I was that big of a fan of him until he was gone. But I'm like, this has hurt me a lot here. Um, Friday for the live SmackDown, they just said it's a tribute show to both of them. Um, so people are coming out with their armbands. People are, you know, saying good things about him. They're doing um, little tributes in the ring and all. Uh, AEW company that neither of them ever worked for has their giant pay-per-view in London and people did tributes too. It's like, even though you never worked here, we're all, we're all part of the same wrestling family and we're all going to acknowledge yeah. that one of our brethren has passed. Yeah. That's well, so awesome. Yeah. Um, the Wyatt family, uh, one of their cool things was they would turn all the lights off in the arena and he would come out just holding a lantern. That was it. That's old at the lantern. But then all the fans are putting up their cell phones to see if he got like the blue glow from the cell phones. So he started calling them my fireflies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at all my fireflies out tonight. And that, that was the arena full of all the cell phone lights and just his lantern. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a spooky team in AEW called house of black that just comes out to like death metal and they're all painted up and they got like bones and leather and all sorts of stuff. Just badass looking. They turned all the lights down, came out with a lantern. Aww. And it's like, they're like, what a tribute. Never worked for us. Never in the same company, but you know, we recognize. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. It really goes to show, how much of a family and what type of people are involved in the wrestling world. Hey, yeah, it is. It is honestly the toughest thing to be a fan of. I think totally. Yeah. Well, wow. That's well, that's know. it for guests, right? Chris? That's no, it. unfortunately <laughs> oh, it's no. not. It's not. So, uh, the next one hit me hard. Um, but it was not unexpected. Um, and that's Bob Barker. He died Bob at the, Barker. He died at the age of 99, August 26th, of natural causes. Um, yeah, like I'm. Uh, Price is Right is my favorite game show. Uh, you know, I used to watch when Bob hosted, and and I and I think Drew Carey is an awesome host. Um, He's doing a great job. Yeah, I, like I've, I've some people say, oh, I hate, I I don't like it now that Drew Carey. It's like no, he's he's good. I. Yeah. And, he, and he's been doing it for 15 years now. I was going to say a long time now, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think he's great. But, I mean, Bob Barker was, I mean, that's a tough act to follow for anybody. Um, But I think Drew Carey's been doing a great job. But, yeah, Bob, yeah, he was just amazing. Incredible voice. 
Like, yes. man, that, that, that guy had such a good voice. Um, and of course, like, you know, his, uh, probably for non game show fans, his most famous appearance was when he was in happy Gilmore as himself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and the, the thing is like, I'm not a, big adam sandler guy like i i'm just not like i like some of his stuff um but overall you know he's kind of hit and miss with me but at but happy gilmore like i love that scene like that was so hilarious and then they did one just a few years like i think 2015 they did like a follow-up for some award show or something um where Adam Sandler is visiting Bob Barker in the hospital, and then they get into another fight. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's awesome. Like they, you know, it is awesome. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, 99. That's a, that's a good age. Um, and of course, he you know famously uh, raised awareness about uh, getting your uh, pet spayed or neutered. Um, you know, he's a strong believer in that. Um, he also did a lot of work, um, with, uh, animal rescue. Um, I know for a few years, cause, uh, I live north of Edmonton and the Edmonton zoo had an elephant. Oh, I can't remember her name. Was her name Lucy? It was something like that. And anyway, Bob Barker, he came up here a few times to get them to, basically release this elephant to a sanctuary um, instead of being stuck in a, in a zoo in Canada, like where elephants aren't supposed to be, you know, like we don't have elephants in Canada naturally because for a reason. Um, so he was very passionate about animal rights and stuff like that. So I really admired him for that. I thought, uh, you know, he did some really great work there and yeah, I was super sad to, to hear him pat that he passed um but somebody made a meme that because uh, you know on the price is right you know you got to get as close to a dollar without going over um <laughs> so he made it to 99 so he didn't make it quite to 100 so he didn't hit the dollar mark um so he actually you know if he was spinning the wheel it. yeah if he was spinning the wheel yeah. he would have won um so yeah, he was uh, the closest without going over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I I saw that meme as well, and I couldn't help but laugh. And I thought to myself, you know, if Bob heard this, he would have laughed. <laughs> yeah, like when I first saw it, I was like, eh, I don't know. But then then I then I was like, yeah, you know, I think he would have liked that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would have too. Yeah, he definitely had a, a a character, and it wasn't even just you know a created character. It was just him, the embodiment of him. He was that that type of person, right? Yeah. And I think it's because he was, he was old school. He was an old school, proper gentleman. So even, you know, like you were saying, when he was on happy Gilmore, I think the fun, that what made it so funny is you would have never seen that, that attitude or that reaction out of him right, yeah. in public. So it just made it that much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kev, what are your thoughts on Bob Barker? Oh, I mean, uh, just parroting everything that two of you have said. There was, excuse me, a huge part of growing up. Um, honestly, like a lot of people were saying, if you were sick from school, you watched Price is Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yep. Yeah, that was that was absolutely part of it. Yep. 
Um, and and I I did as well, of course, for any of those. Yep. Um, and I I'm not a uh, I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan either, but that movie is hysterical. He absolutely makes it. Became, you know, I, iconic thing to, you know, an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll always remember. Um, so my my brother once. He said, uh, why is Bob Barker's pet named Spader? <laughs> and, and we're like, what? I said, it's Spader. Like, that's a weird name for a pet. I'm like, why, why do you think his pet's named Spader? And he's like, well, because at the end of every show, have your pet Spader neutered. Oh, my gosh. I, honest to God, thought the name of the dog or whatever was Spader. Mm. And I'm like, there's and we've debated it over the years. He's had a couple of cats. I've had a couple of cats. I'm like, uh, at some point, one of us is going to name a pet Spader. Absolutely positive of this. Yeah, and, and it would be a good got. name. Like it's, it's not, not a even, terrible it's, name. It's yeah, a good name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've certainly heard worse pet names over the years. Yep. But uh, favorite game is uh, mountain climber. Yeah, that's a that's a classic. Um, and, uh, it, do you guys have Pluto TV? Yes. No. Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah, because like I have it as a free app on the Roku, and most services that have it, like Roku Fire Stick or you know whatever your thing, yeah, have it for free. But one of the live channels they have just plays old Prices Right episodes all day long. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Huh. Yeah. Seen Bob Barker with you know his original color hair, yeah. Then seeing the young Bob, <laughs> yeah. Seen the fashions, the prices, just everything. It's really interesting to see. It's just Aww. it's it's a time capsule. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, we did like like I I've never really delved into Pluto TV, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, but. Uh, what the heck was I going to say? I completely lost my train of thought here. Um, Bob Barker. Oh, we were talking. You were saying your favorite game. Mine, mine, without a doubt, is Plinko. I love Plinko. Plinko's great. Um, like they act like I've oh, like I've always said, if I ever get a chance, I want to play Plinko. And at one point, I don't know if it's still there or not, but in at, at the West Edmonton Mall, um, Galaxyland, like it's. I think it's still called Galaxy Land. I don't know. Like it now, it's owned by Parker Brothers or something. But anyway, they actually had a plinko there. You paid five dollars, and you know you got one one uh, disc to drop, and it was the same size as the one on TV. So I like I got up there and I dropped it. And I ended up winning a free uh, day pass for the for the park which is like an $80 value and I got it for 5 bucks. Um but that wasn't the big prize. I think the big prize was like $1000 or something so I didn't win that but but now in um in Alberta, I don't know if it's like this in Saskatchewan. Um but they have Plinko scratch tickets now at the wherever you buy scratch tickets. So um Every once in a while, I'll pick one up for Crystal because she likes to play those, and she just won a hundred dollars like a week and a half ago or something on it. 
Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's pretty cool because um, what, what you win is a chip, and then you go to, you know, any lottery retailer, and then they put it into the, or they scan it, and then they show, like, an animation on their screen, so you actually see the Plinko go down. And, uh, yeah, it hit the $100 mark. I was, you know, there was a, it was right next. That's ne- super cool. Yeah, it was right next to the $10,000 one. I'm like, oh, so close. Of course. Of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> but 100 bucks. I mean, wow, like that, like I'm happy yeah, with that. Yeah, off a scratch ticket? Yep. Yeah, that's cool. But anyway, uh, unfortunately, moving on. Um Arlene Sorkin, she was the original voice of Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, She passed away at the age of 67 on August 26th. Uh, Same day as Bob Barker. Um, And then the last one that I have, which is the last big one, uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away uh, September 1st at the age of 76. Um, so yeah, um, I think that one hit the country music side real hard. That and the retirement side, because yeah. I think yeah. a lot of, um, uh, what do you call parrotheads? No, the, the, the ones, oh, the, the, like up in Canada, we have a term, it's called, um, is it winter birds? Is that what I'm thinking? No, snowbirds. Snowbirds, yes. Snowbirds. Yeah, so the snowbirds that go south and mm. like I know, like my aunt and uncle do that, and you know they they go to a retirement village and all they do is play pickleball and golf and yeah, seems like they get drunk all the time. No offense to them, but <laughs> it always seems no, like just, it, it seems like it's always a party. Though, but it's it's because it's happy hour. Yeah. And the reason why, and I was just having this conversation with my grandma the other day, who's, you know, in her mid-80s, we'll say. Um, Sorry, grandma. (laughs) But the uh, happy hour was a big thing because that was the socialization, right? That was when, you know, men got home from work or women were going out to go visit other, you know, homemakers where they also got home from work. And that was the time all the kids were, you know, just getting out of school and they were kicked outside and that was like the parents time to just yeah. have their time and happy hour is an important thing and in a lot of the senior centers now or senior living uh, or community living buildings they have happy hour within it and that's just like their social time it's important and most times it's like you have one drink maybe two yeah yeah and, and that's it right it's just that socialization and i think we lost that in our generation because we've had to be busy and work so many more hours <laughs> well and, in order to you know keep the house <laughs> and that and that's where where I'm kind of envious of of the retirement people like I don't know some people have a hard time with retirement like they don't want to go to an old folks home or whatever but I'm like I'm I'm all for it man I'm all for it for sure yep yeah when I turn 65 like I, I'll move into a, a retirement community that'd be awesome um like my my grandma lives in one and yeah she's she's having a ball like she's um you know there's always activities to do they got a movie theater in their retirement home they got a pool um 
you know, they go on trips to, you know, pretty much yeah, every day. Cool. There's something, there's something going on. Um, and, and I'd be all for that. And yeah, like with my, with my aunt and uncle, cause they go down to Palm Springs every year. Uh, yeah, it always seems like, yeah, happy hour is a big thing. And the early bird special, you got to hit that up. Yep. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just think of Jimmy Buffett, you know, Margaritaville playing in the background. Um, when they're having their happy hour. Totally. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and, you know, again, country music was one of the, you know, most sought after, or I guess, what's the better word? Highest rated or most listened to genre of music Mm -hmm. for most seniors. So uh, Canadian seniors anyways, especially in Western Canada. So, you know, it, it was a big one. Yeah. Definitely a big one. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, like, when, when we're seniors and, like, we're listening to, like, Snoop Dogg and Metallica. <laughs> Metallica's more like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, that, that stuff that was popular when we were kids, like, that's going to be yeah. what the old farts are listening to when we're old farts. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I think it'll be great. <laughs> I mean, not too soon. Like, I don't, I, I, I definitely don't want to hit scene. You know, I don't want time to go any faster than it already is, but, um, but anyway, Kev, uh, did you have anything to add for Jimmy Buffett or Arlene Sorkin? Uh, nothing really for Jimmy Buffett. My, my dad's a parrot head. He's seen him in concert a few times, but it, you know, never did anything for me. Um, Arlene Sorkin, I was listening, uh, Kevin Smith reposted his interview with her from his uh, Fat Man, Non-Batman podcast. Mm-hmm. And the history of her becoming the voice of Harley Quinn is incredible. It was so fascinating of like all these tiny little things that happened to create Harley Quinn. And yeah. honestly without her being the voice and fleshing out the character, we don't get Harley Quinn as w- one of the main pillars of DC universe mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, I would like, it won't happen, but honestly, I would give her creator credit for it. Like yep. it'll never happen. Cause that opens up a big window for a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, like, yes, here's the writer and artist writer and or artist that first creates a character and they get the credit for creating that character. But really, as we've seen a lot of other people come along to add certain things to these characters to make them matter. Yeah. But they're, yeah. And, and the characters we love are part of that whole collection of people that worked on it, but only the original ones are the ones that get credit for creation. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, but who I like is not that original character. Yeah. And Harley Quinn was just, Hey, random Joker henchman in the background, pretty much, until Arlene Sorkin came in to do the voice. And it, it was, um, I believe it was Paul, I want to say it was Paul Dini. I could be wrong. I want to say it was Paul Dini. Was homesick. He was watching, instead of Price is Right, uh, he watched Days of Our Lives. Arlene Sorkin was on it. She was in like this little clown costume for like a Halloween episode or something like that. And he's like, oh, she would be perfect for this character we're doing had her Hmm. come in to do the voice and then she's adding her own thing to it and really making it, you know, instead of random Joker henchmen, like making it its own character. And it just got 
you know, Harley Quinn just explodes and let's use her more and more in the cartoon. And now let's bring her into the comics. And now, you know, I mean, honestly, she's probably arguably number four for DC behind Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I think you're right there for sure. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that comes from Arlene Sorkin providing the voice for it and making it, you know, making that character something fully realized. Yep. Yeah, she does. She, you know, she kind of went that, that I, and I don't want to, you know, paint the picture too, too much, but she kind of went that Robin Williams um, or uh, Jim Carrey way of really bringing that character to life and giving them their own kind of backstory and character. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're given a script, but anybody who reads that is going to take it a different way and create their own character, regardless of, you know, what the, the screenwriting says. Mm-hmm. You can only be given so many prompts. And I don't think there was as many prompts back then as there is now. Um, and, you know, I think she really you're right. She really started that embodiment of of Harley Quinn herself. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess we can move on to the news segment. So since our last episode, uh, Blue Beetle came out to uh, into theaters. And the last I heard is that it is one of the worst superhero movie openings of all time. Um especially for DC. Um, and like, I, I, like I personally haven't seen it and I actually heard that it's actually not a bad movie. Um, there is some questionable, some questionable things that happen that I don't think the writers thought about, I guess. Um, but the biggest complaint I hear is it, it's just a generic superhero movie at this point. It just it looks like it's a combination between Iron Man and Venom, essentially, um, which is unfortunate because Blue Beetle is an interesting character. Um, not so much this version, um, and it has nothing to do with with race or anything like that. Um, but this this version of Blue Beetle is based on the new 52 version of Blue Beetle, where Blue Beetle gets his powers from, like, some alien technology and, and you know, he looks like a beetle. Um, but my, what I think they should have done, that's just my opinion, is they should have d- did a movie about Ted Kord, who was, you know, the 60s, 70s version of blue beetle he's the one that just wore a blue beetle suit he flew flew around in a big blue or in a big beetle ship airship um and he was basically just a guy that was really good with technology and was really physically fit like he didn't really have any superpowers he just was fit um so he'd like repel down like he'd have his hover blue or his beetle hover ship like above and then he would like repel down to fight the bad guys. And and honestly, I think if they had done that version of Blue Beetle and have it take place in the 60s, 
you know, like with a like a Mad Men type of aesthetic. I think it w- I think we would have had a hit. You know, I think um, the problem with that we're seeing with comic book movies is nobody's doing anything different. So people, there's nothing to entice people to go to the theaters. Um, and I think if they would have done like a, you know, sixties era, you know, just a dude fighting crime and, and, and I mean, and what they should have done is they should have booster gold introduced in that movie too. Um, and then, yeah, you could have had a blue beetle booster gold sequel, but anyway, um, it's unfortunate, you know, like that, uh, that, that the movie didn't do good. I, I, even though I haven't seen it, maybe it's terrible. I, I, I can't say, uh, but I have heard good things. Um, also, I think another issue with not just comic book movies, but I think TV shows in general nowadays is, uh, when we say bad writing, I, I really think, um, they need to, you know, work, they need to do better with the writing. You know, um, we, you know, there used to be a term like script doctor, you know, they'd call somebody in to, you know, give another pass at a script before it went out. It just seems like they're not doing that nowadays. It seems like they're just running with it, with the script they have and, and not, uh, not giving it, uh, you know, a thorough look at. But anyway, uh, Kevin, Alexa, what are your thoughts on the the Blue Beetle movie? I haven't seen it. I've had a few friends <clears throat> who have, and I've talked to them, and they... Uh, so I talked to four. Three of them said it was great. One of them said, you know, don't watch it in the theater. But that's about it. I don't plan on watching it in theater. Theaters are very expensive. I'm very picky with what movies I go watch in the theater now. Well, yeah, um, and and that's yeah, that's another big thing. Like, you really have yeah. to put out a good product if you want people to you know to go to the movies because it's it's not cheap, especially if you have a family. No, it's horrible. Well, for one person, you're looking at you know forty forty five dollars yep. between your ticket and if you're getting you know a drink and and chips or popcorn or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Like just for me and my son to go, it's a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even include the gas of driving into the city, <laughs> let alone yeah. some theaters you have to pay for parking. Yeah. So it's, you know, just doesn't make sense to go to all these different theater movies. And I used to go to the theater a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, once, twice, sometimes three times a week before I had my son. So we'll say, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Let's be safe here. Um and it was way cheaper. It used to be only 20 bucks for your ticket and your popcorn and your pop. Whereas now it's just like, oof. And I don't know. I, I find there just hasn't been that many movies come out lately that, you know, I want to go see. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm jumping into getting into the box office and buying tickets. This is just not one of them. Yeah. Well, and, and also, unfortunately, it was released during the strike. So there yeah. wasn't there wasn't a lot of promotion. Like it just kind of came and went, and nobody really knew. Like unless you're a comic book fan, you really don't know who Blue Beetle is. No, you know. Well, and and okay, so <clears throat> getting back onto the promotion part, how many people have cable TV anymore? 
when you have yeah. things like Netflix and yeah. Hulu and Amazon Prime and I mean I haven't I'm the you know one to talk I haven't had cable TV in over 20 years but it just where where are you going to promote it where are you going to advertise it yeah Facebook Twitter you know Google ads like no one pays attention to those the first thing you want to do is skip ad as soon as possible right like yeah no matter what it is so it's I think the entertainment industry, as far as um, you know, advertising now or promoting now, is like word of mouth, and that's all you're going to get. Yeah. And it's sad because you know you're you've got a movie based off of a comic book, where it should have been all you needed to do was say, oh yeah, you know, Blue Beetle movie, cool. That's it. This is the date it releases, and you're going to get the the comic book people following that are going to go see it for sure. Yeah. Well, and at like when James Gunn took over the DCU, like he actually said that this was going to be the first movie, yeah, in his new DCU because it was already yeah. it was already in the bag, and and he wanted to include keep that character. But yeah, like well, I mean, what else were they going to do? Make another Batman movie? Like, there's so many other superheroes that are out there. Oh, that, oh, but but they are though. That that you know. that's the plan. Oh, I know. That's the I know. But it's like really, <clears throat> come on now. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's make another one. Let's bring a different hero into the light for people who may not read comic books. That this might you know entice some more to to start reading comic books. Yeah, and and like I said, you got to do something different. Like like if they yeah. had done like the '60s aesthetic, like. That's just my idea, but I really like your idea on that the '60s and the Madman, uh, Madman kind of superhero feeling. It's like that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, because like he, I totally watch it. He's just an athletic dude, just wearing a a blue beetle outfit that he made himself, and he fights crime. Like that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we get with modern movies too. I think we, there's it's so easy to add special effects in, and I think we just use it too much. Well, and I think that's just it. Is everyone's trying to push the limit and push the bar a step further and a step further, and it's like why? We yeah. had all of these movies previously that never had this and didn't need it mm-hmm. because they had a good story, and that's all. That's all it comes down to, right? It's it's a story. Well, and and that's so. you know to go off on a quick tangent. Like I've meant I mentioned this before, that I find writers nowadays rely too heavy on the action sequences. Like they just when they're writing their scripts, they just you know action scene and then do 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 action scene. But back in the day, like especially when you look at a show like Star Trek: The Next Generation, they couldn't have big space battles all the time because it it took too much time. And the technology wasn't there. Like they had to do everything with practical effects, right? So it would it cost a lot of money to 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 do like a space battle. So a lot of like episodes of Next Generation, you know, like they they're you know they're talking their way out of a battle because they can't film it and make it look decent. So the right, so the so the um, it's on the writers to write a good story to sell it to make you re you know not even realize until the episode's over that there wasn't this big space battle but it felt like there was right um but because special effects are so cheap to do now because everything's computer generated you know it i just find the writers use it as a crutch you know like 
They just rely on it too heavily to get out of having to really do a good story. Sometimes. Yeah. But anyway, Kev, did you have any thoughts on the Blue Beetle oh, situation? I I have not seen it yet either. Um, everyone I know that saw it enjoyed it. Said it was loads of fun. Yeah. Um, it just came out. Now I I have issues with um your online reviewers, especially for like newspapers, magazines, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very often for superhero movies, they'll be like, "Well, I don't usually watch these movies, but here's my review." I'm like, "You're already coming in with a negative attitude, so I'm just dismissing your opinion." Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of that. So. I'll go with more of, like, audience scores than reviewer scores for things. And Blue Beetles, like, the audience likes it. It's not making money. Mm-hmm. You know, but the people who did see it enjoyed it. Um, And I plan on, you know, I have HBO Max. I'll watch it eventually when it comes on there. That new Ninja Turtles animated one, I want to watch that eventually, too. Mm-hmm. Looks loads of fun. But you're right. Like, at this point, I'll go to a Marvel movie. I've seen every Marvel movie in theater. I'm going to keep that streak alive. Other than that, I have it has to be something huge for me to want to go to theater. If my kid really wants to go, if he's like, "Oh my god, this movie's out. I really want to go." Fine, we'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll go during the afternoon, so it's matinee prices. You know, um, I I I told him all about sneaking in food, and he, oh my god, I thought he was gonna. I thought I thought he was going to show off that we were sneaking in snacks. <laughs> Rebel. You know, like he, he, he was so proud of it. I thought he was going to brag about it to the theater employees. Like it was, I'm like, oh god, you got to stop. Yeah, please, he, Josh. <laughs> yeah, so I'll ask ahead of time. Hey, do you want to see this movie? Do you want to see it with me? Do you want to see it with mom? Do you want to see it with friends? If you want to see it with me, we got to plan it out. Maybe we could go today. Maybe it's next week. Maybe we leave early so it's matinee prices, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If he has no interest, I'm done worrying about it. Good. That just saves me the money if you have no interest. If he says, I want to watch it, but I don't really want to go theater, that's fine. We got most of the streaming things, or I have alternative, totally legal ways to find any other movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I'm just like, okay, cool. Let it be. And the funny thing is, like, my local theater has all sorts of crazy deals like here's five dollar you know here's a five dollar day every movie on this day in this time window is five bucks that's great you know when it is when most people are working yeah <laughs> that's yeah you know, i'm like all right i get it and every so often there's a day where i'm like i gotta take the day off of work because i have like an appointment or whatever i'm like oh i'm gonna head over a theater too yeah just plan it plan those appointment days on the same day as that Yep, yep, yep. I took the day off. Everything <laughs> done. We'll make the best of it. it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Had to go to this shitty appointment. <laughs> yep. I'm going to go do something fun. <laughs> um, but you're talking about, like, promotion. Um, all, all the talk shows are done right now during the strike. Mm. Yes. And the actors are not allowed to promote that stuff right now anyways either. So you have no writers for the shows that would promote these things, but also the actors can't appear on the shows anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. Huge theory that like all of these, you know, after the late night news, uh, talk show interview entertainment shows, a lot of them are probably going away soon because the point of them is gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, 
But also, you're right with also, okay, but where do you advertise stuff? Things still need to be advertised. And I was watching, I can't remember where I saw it, but someone's like, every, like, it's a pendulum. Everything swings. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, ooh, you know, in, in the, the 90s. And you're old enough. Ahem. <laughs> but in the 90s there, it was like, oh, I can get all this music online, and it's so cool. And here's Napster, and here's this, and here's that. And it's like, okay, yes, but I'm getting crappy versions of these songs, or it's not the right song. Yeah, or now right. I have a virus on my computer. Yeah. And then it was, hey, would you be willing to pay 99 cents for an absolutely perfect version of the song? Yup. Yes, I will. And then that pendulum swings even more away from digital media, and freaking vinyl sells more than anything else right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really think as people are, you know, everyone's like, oh, streaming, everything's wonderful, everything's there. And now people are like, hey, everything's not there. Yeah. Or I, I went, I was watching this thing last week. I paused it. I went to come back to it and it's gone because the month is up or whatever. And now it's, it's on another streaming service or maybe it doesn't exist at all or I don't know. And I think it'll, it'll take a while. It's not going to happen overnight. I think that pendulum's going to swing and TV's going to be completely different with stuff. But it'll be like, hey, remember TV? Mm -hmm. Re remember watching your local news and your local stuff and then having a show that everyone watched and we all talked about the next day? And I think that pendulum's going to swing back. They're going to have to give people a reason to tune in. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that reason is. They'll figure, you know, something will pop up. I mean, I think, was it us talking forever ago about, like, what happened to the variety show? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to just, hey, here's a guy, he's a, or a woman, here's, here's a charismatic host, here's an hour, maybe even two, depending on the show. We're going to have a little comedy thing going on, we're going to have some jokes, but then we're going to have a band come out that you've never heard, and we're going to have this person on, that person on, and you're exposed to a wide variety of talent out there that you might not usually mm -hmm. oh hey maybe i wouldn't listen to this country band this rock band this jazz this whatever but i'm so impressed with seeing this person on my favorite weekly variety show i might go ahead and check them out mm -hmm. i think those kind of turned into the late night talk shows right right but i'm saying like i could see I, honestly i kind of see a necessity for a return for that <laughs> Like, whatever genre of music you love, when's the last time you discovered something new? You know, MTV is dead. Fuse is dead. You know, like, places that you'd go and watch things and, like, oh, wow, I've never heard this band before. This is great. I need to go out and get the album. Like, we don't have that anymore. Well, there's no more going out to get the album. That's the thing, no, right? But, no, but I mean, like, how, <laughs> how do you discover someone new? I... I mean, personally, I Spotify and YouTube, YouTube music and Spotify, I really like because it's like, you know, I create my playlist and then they just send me, hey, because you like this, you might like this. And every Monday, it's called Discover Weekly, right? Every Monday, that's what I do at work. I listen to that Discover Weekly and there's quite a few bands that I've never heard of that I listen to regularly now because of it. I, and I know... But iTunes used to have like the free download every week or something like, so, you know, it'd be someone different. Yeah. I don't know if they still do that, but I know I used to, when I was using iTunes, I used to do that. 
So again, you're, it, that that shift is happening, right? Yeah. And I do, and I do, I, you know, I have quite a few friends who are musicians and who a couple of them are major vinyl collectors. I mean, my stepdad was a huge vinyl collector or was not so much anymore. Um, But one of them, like, you know, his, his house, he's got two rooms. He's got a three, three bedroom house and two rooms are just nothing but vinyl, you know, like on the shelf vinyl, some in cases, some in, you know, um, that's shadow awesome. box frames and you know still has his original record player from when he was a teenager like it's just like holy man and it's still working like it, it's you know and yes the quality is never the same going to digital from vinyl the, the sound is just different it's well a different sound it's it, it's so it, hard it, yeah it's crazy that an old technology like vinyl can be is so amazing yeah you know yeah very much in so. terms and of sound and yeah longevity like yeah it's just yeah, yeah it's crazy um yeah. but yeah like kev i just like really quickly um i think the 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 talk show circuit honestly i'm okay with it coming to an end i think what they need to do is transition them to like friday nights and saturday nights like make them like a weekly event type of thing like like in in britain they have uh the graham norton show yeah i love that show yeah which which is like once a week and yeah and they get like the big guests on it and like yeah just do that you know and you know and i and i actually think they actually do feed them real alcohol so you know apply them with you know little, i agree <laughs> yeah apply them with a little booze get some good yeah. stories yeah um make it an, an event you know something that you want to tune into once a week the problem with with the you know uh the the talk show circuit other than them being later so like most working people don't stay up late nowadays to yeah. watch those um you know, and if if you have it, like, say, Graham Norton, like, on a Saturday night or a Friday night, um, usually that's people's time off. So they, you know, people generally stay up later anyway. Um, so, it, you know, it would be good to, to have something like that. Um, and then, yeah, then you just curate it so you get your A-list. So, you you know, you're not going through five days of generic guest, generic guest. Oh, really good guest. And then generic guest generic guest you just have all the all the good stuff once a week i i I really think that's the way we need to go with with our talk shows um and yeah i wish they would bring back like um uh uh, snyder um oh tom snyder tom snyder yeah like a show like that where it's a one-on-one conversation with somebody and he, like, oh man, I'm, I miss that. I'm, I'm, I love watching those clips with him and Harlan Ellison, and people calling in, like the, you know, to, you know, one eight hundred, you know, call, you know, call to chat, you know. Like yeah. I, I, I miss that. I, re, I, I'd, I'd like to see a return to that type of late night talk show if they do, you know, if they want to do something. But anyway, um. So, okay, so again with the strike, uh, Dune Part 2 is delayed to March 15th, 2024. Uh, Possibly 
the you know the 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 narrative is it's because of the strike uh because they can't you know like this is a big movie for for Warner yep. Brothers yeah so they can't promote it during the strike so just to get ahead of it they're just going to delay it hopefully by March everything's settled and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> but one of the theories that I've heard the reason for this delay is actually to give them a better chance at winning some Oscars. Um, because the like for next year's Oscars, which would be in February or whatever, Dune would be up against like Oppenheimer, uh, probably Barbie will be nominated. Um, and, and, you know, a few of these other big, you know, uh, ticket movies, but because, of this strike, there isn't going to be as many for the next cycle. So Dune actually has a better chance uh, for the 2025 Oscars than the 2024 Oscars to actually win like some, some big awards. Um, so either way, you know, like it's done, it's completed. It looks amazing. I love I, I love watching the the trailers for it. I was really excited to see it this fall, but I mean, March will be here before you know it. So I, I honestly don't mind them delaying it. And I would like to see, you know, like if this is a strategic move to to possibly secure some some Oscar nominations, I'm all for that too because typically, you know. Uh, science fiction and fantasy and comic book movies, that sort of thing, uh, kind of they kind of get snubbed at uh, you know when it comes to award seasons. Um, so I'd like I'd love to see Dune Part Two, you know, do really good as far as Oscars go. Um, but but do you guys have any any thoughts on on uh, this news? I'm wondering, um, because a lot of times for Oscars, because it has to be, you know, it's anything that got theatrical release within the calendar year. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they'll be like, oh, uh, the last week of December, we'll have New York and L.A., so that counts, and then we'll do a wide release later on. You know, stuff like that. There's yeah. there's a whole game to it. But with the strike going on so long, it's going to, if they even have the Oscar awards next year, they got a very small list of movies they can choose from. Yep. Like, you almost expect they're going to have a little asterisk at that. Like, this was the best movie out of the few that were actually released this year. Yeah. And uh, another thing, too, with the Oscars is is the game that they play. Like, yeah, do you release the movie on Christmas to be considered for the Oscars in February? You know, that way it's fresh in the in the in the minds of um, the, the 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 Academy. Or do you release it? Like in March, that way they have the whole year to rewatch it, and and you know maybe consider it more. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's it, and I and I realize at the end of the day, like I mean, the Oscars to me it doesn't matter, you know. But at the same time, you know, you know these these people, you know, like the actors and the writers and special effects people makeup you know i you know i do like to see them get their recognition so you know if this is a strategic move to 
to do that, you know. Okay, you know. Yeah. But anywho, um, so another bit of news here I have, um, and this was around October or sorry August twenty sixth ish. Apparently, Drew Barrymore had a stalker uh, that was arrested. Um, apparently he was going door to door looking for her, um, in, I guess in her neighborhood. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's scary. She's my all time favorite actress. She, not even just actress, but like celebrity person overall. Yeah. There's, there's something about her that I just adore, you know? Yeah. She's just real. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, her talk show's not that bad either. Like it's great. Again, right? She's just real. Yep. Like it's definitely gotten better because like it it started during the pandemic, so unfortunately, like you know, she couldn't like have live guests and they had to keep their distance and all that. But now that it's like into like a real, you know, sit down conversation thing, like it, it. She's she's doing good, I think. Yeah, well, she's embraced it, and um, you know, she did her she did like a makeup line and a like a self care beauty line of like different hair tools and like I I want to say like home goods as well. Mm-hmm. So like she's really branched out, and it's not you know the the gaudy you know over the top price point stuff that you'd never use you buy it because it has her name on it kind of deal it's like actually functional like nice things (laughs) yeah and yeah and speaking of pluto tv she was the spokesperson for pluto tv um and i just noticed like yeah when i was in the the drugstore the other day she has her own magazine like oprah yeah Yeah, she her magazine I think was out just after her talk show started. Yeah, see, it's kind of her her thing, her baby. She always wanted to have her own magazine, right? And that yeah, that's really cool. Like I I don't I don't know I don't really notice, but I was just set, I was just standing at the checkout thing. I was like, oh cool, she's got her own magazine. Well, it's um, funny because there's not really anywhere that you can buy magazines here much anymore, right? Like they're just not a thing. Like, I think Shoppers Drug Mart, maybe Walmart right at the checkouts. And even then, it's like, what is it, like two or three different options? <coughs> one of them's sports related, one of them's, you know, celebrity gossip, and the other is usually a cooking one. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Walmart actually has a pretty good magazine aisle um, <clears throat> connected with their books. Oh, but, see, um, I don't go in the book section because I don't read, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like what one one thing that um, Walmart, I don't know, the Walmart that I went to is is that they're actually doing a good job at at getting some niche magazines in. There was one I picked up on my holiday. It was I don't know five bucks, and it was about collecting. Like it it was about you know people showing off their comic book collections. You know, Hot Wheels, all the all these different type of collections that people have. I, I forget what it, what it was called, but see, man, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was a nice little magazine that I, you know because that I different, I right? Yeah. It's a different, and again, you're you're showcasing just normal people doing their thing of things they like. 
Yeah. Um, like, see, that'd be a cool TV show. <laughs> yeah. Just go around visiting people's different collections. <laughs> and and to to add um, to because we we're talking about Adam Sandler earlier, my favorite Adam Sandler movie, and it, and this is because of Drew Barrymore, is The Wedding Singer. I oh lo- I, yeah. I love that movie, and honestly, there was a part of me that fell in love with Drew Barrymore in that movie. Like she yep. was just so cute, so cute, and so loving, and yeah, I was so happy when they, you know, like like I, I'm a softy, but you know when she was gonna marry that a hole, and then she ended up with Adam Sandler, and yeah, it was it was great, it was fantastic. Yeah, have, have I done my Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore theory on her? I haven't heard it. Okay. I think Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore are star-crossed lovers. Oh, that totally. Have never, that have never both been single at the same time. Yep. They have yep. Really love each other. They have a connection, but they've never both been single at the same time and could pursue anything. But the chemistry is there, which is why his best movies are with her. Yeah, she's their, their, movie, their movie husband and wife. That's what yep. it is. Yeah, but I honestly, I don't know. And, and I know they are friends in real life as well, right? Mm-hmm. But like outside of the movies. But I don't I don't know if I could ever see them together. They lead such separate lives. Um, and, There's and, an alternate universe where they're together and they're <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you're right there, yeah. Or it was a past life or a, a future life or yeah. something. But yes. Well, it's like Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Like, I know Jennifer yeah. Aniston just gushes about him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess you know, like, I, like I'm, I'm not uh, an expert on good-looking dudes, but I don't think <laughs> you know. I, I wouldn't he's think n- like he's, he's no Brad Pitt, but yet no, well, women, and, and women seem drawn it. to him. Well, because it. it... Again, he's more than just a pretty face. <laughs> yeah. He... As in, like, he's not a very pretty face. He's not a bad-looking dude, but he's, you know, he's not a 10 either, right? I, but he's just know, got a great eight. personality, I guess. But, yeah, his personality is there, and, you know, he, he's he's that, that safe bet. He's the one that you know is going to be there, right? And yeah. not oh, just I... when things get rough, is he going to leave? So... I, I... Listen, if I, I'm going to say something, I'm worried you're going to leave. What? Adam Sandler is not the... And, and, and Adam Sandler and an Adam Sandler type, he's not the type of guy that a girl dates in her teens or 20s. Correct. He's the type of guy a girl dates later in life where she's like, you know, I want someone that treats me well, makes me laugh, and is going to be there for me. And yep. that's exactly what happened in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> yep. Right? She was engaged to someone else, the jerk, and she had to realize that, hey, this guy is, you know, kind of kind of the type that I want to be around. This is who, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with. And bang, there you go. And, and Adam Sandler. <laughs> and, and, and I I think he's a genuinely nice guy, like from what I've heard. Yeah, every every interview and stuff that I've heard of people talking about him or who know him just have nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, like what, like he, like I just I put this on my Facebook not too long ago where uh, he was. It was when he was host. I think he was hosting Saturday Night Live, 
and he did that that tribute to Chris Farley, and he yeah. sang that song. Like, man, that was amazing. It was so good. Yeah, like, I, I it, it made me tear up, you know, it really totally. did. Totally. That was another one who was gone too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last bit of news that I got, and I just seen this today, is uh, apparently Joe Jonas and Sophia Turner are getting divorced. So Who now? Uh, Joe Jonas is one of the Jonas Brothers. Oh, um, like the wow. music band. And, <laughs> yeah. and Sophia Turner uh, was Sansa Stark on Game of Thrones. Okay. And, well... and I, and I want to say they have two kids. I know they have at least one, but I think they have two. I could be wrong. But anyway, hmm. you know, if you're a Jonas Brothers fan, I guess you're ecstatic at this news. And if you're a Game of Thrones fan who's a bachelor i guess you you know you got another another shot you you might have a chance <laughs> yeah if you have the opportunity yeah yeah um yeah both both very beautiful people so i don't think they're going to have a hard time no. uh, finding somebody but uh, uh did either of you have any other news you wanted to throw out there All right. No, All right. So, no. Well, well, let's move on to the final segment of this evening, and that's our brain candy segment. So, this is the segment where we talk about things that we've seen, read, whatever, experienced with our brains, and then we can make it a pick, it or, pick or pan if we wish. Um, and I got a lot here. So, um, Kevin, why don't you kick it off? Um, what do you got this week for brain candy? All right, so um, too much wrestling. There was a lot of pay-per-views and all, um, so I watched way too much and didn't get into much else. But um, my kid decided that he wanted to rewatch DC stuff, and I'm like, "All right." So we're we rewatching a lot of the animated movies, which we did like a year or so ago, mm-hmm. and you know, still enjoying them. Some are really good some you know upon second viewing i'm like okay i like it better now that i know what it is instead of what i'm expecting it to be i like it better yeah but we restarted young justice from the beginning Hmm. and that's the one really getting us because we watched all four seasons absolutely loved it but now that we start back at the beginning we're seeing things where i'm like oh my god that one line that we thought was a nothing line doesn't pay off until like season three Mm-hmm. Like this reference doesn't pay off till later. I'm like, they knew what they were doing. Like, there's so much here that was nothing until later seasons. I'm like, this is brilliant. And and there's been so many lines where we've had to pause and we're like, oh my god, it's right here. It was here from the beginning, and we didn't see it coming at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, we already did all of season one. Over the last uh, week or so, we're on season two now, which was my least favorite season. But now, again, I know what it is, so I'm not bringing in, like, well, here's what I want it to be. I'm not bringing in my expectations. I'm just enjoying it for what it is, and I'm enjoying it more. I still think my breakdown of which seasons are the best, I still think season two is going to be last. Mm -hmm. But it's no longer going to be last because I dislike it it's going to be last because the other ones are just better 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, Young Justice is honestly, it might be like, I, I, Batman Animated and Justice League Unlimited are great, but the more I'm seeing for Young Justice, I'm like, this might be the best superhero cartoon. Excellent. There's so much in that. I'll have to check that out sometime. I've never watched it, so. Oh, um, so, I, I mean, that's the thing. I'm watching it again with him, and I'm enjoying it just as much. You know, and awesome. I mean, like, I, I, I know... Uh, I know I played stuff all the time. Oh, here's my favorite videotape. Let me watch this again. Oh, the show's on, you know, because it's on every day at the same time. Let me watch it again. I know that drove my parents or grandparents nuts. And I remember there was like a year or two where my cousins watched Wizard of Oz every day. Mm. So everyone was sick of it in the family. Yeah. And like when my kid turns on random YouTube, I'm like, we've already seen this guy's video. It's like, oh, but he—it's the same thing. It's no different than me watching the same VHS tape. He's just doing it on YouTube. Like, it's really mm-hmm. no different. Yeah. Um, and if I've seen it before, I'm like, all right, I can zone out. You know, if it's the first time, I'll try to pay attention and have conversations, stuff like that. If it's like fifth or sixth time, I'm like, I, I'm gonna do something else. I'm just—I'll be in the room. I'm here, but I'm not paying attention to this video again. Yeah. Young Justice, though, I'm there the whole time. Like, all right, let me set everything down. I'm right here with you. I want to see all the stuff I missed. Yeah. This has been really cool. Awesome. I, I Like, I read the original comic book series from the 90s with uh, Peter David and... Yep. Who, was that Humberto Ramos was the artist? My thing, uh, I remember they, I can't remember, but anyway, yeah, like I, yeah, that was a great, great book. But, anywho, did you have anything else, Kev? No, no. Like I yeah. said, I, 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 I had my, I had my own like good positive changes in personal life over the last couple of weeks. But it kind oh of kept yeah, away Con- from. congratulations on the new yeah, job. Yeah, we get to say congrats in person now. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> and you're it's, still able to be here with us, so that's still good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It's, it's Sometimes those changes, you know, affect other other parts of life. Nope. The same Monday through Friday, you know, morning and early afternoon hours. Yeah. It's the, same, it's the same commute I was making, but I go right instead of left, pretty much, hmm. to a different building. Um, I, I know someone there, so I have, you know, an in and and shorthand already built up to you know learn things and all um i've had jobs that are physically exhausting at the end of the day you're just like all right my body hurts i got i got to lay down i got to stretch i got to take a shower i got you know yeah. whatever this might be the first time and i'm trying to think so far it's the first time i can recall for any job that i'm mentally exhausted by the end of the day Mm. Oh, yeah. like, I have learned so much. I'm just going to go home and lay down for a little bit and have my brain reset. Yeah. That'll change like, in time though. Right. It's, it's yeah. new. It's learning. Right. That's what oh, it is. Oh yeah. And I mean, one, one of the people I'm with is like, Hey, it took me a year before I felt comfortable. There's yes. so much. No one's expecting you to be perfect right now. You yeah. just started. Yeah. It's okay. I'm like, all right, I just got to breathe. But God, there's so much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good for you. That's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Alexa, did you have anything this week for brain candy? No. 
that's fine. I've, I've stayed inside in, in my, you know, smoky environment. Got a bunch of stuff done in the house. Got things ready. Um, I did sit and watch a couple movies with my kiddo. Of course, he wanted to watch Gremlins. So we watched Ooh. Gremlins. Always a good one. So, yeah, um, yeah he's can a, never go wrong with that. Pardon me? He's done it before. Oh, this is his fourth time seeing Gremlins. <laughs> mm. All right. And yeah. Can, can handle it okay? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, yeah. No. Like, my son's favorite movie is Trick or Treat. Hmm. God. <laughs> He's, he likes horror movies more than I do in that I'll watch them when I don't have to sleep by myself. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just, I get into my head too much and it's what it is. Welcome yeah. to ADHD hyperfixation. Um. But other than that, we watched that uh, Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Oh, how's that? I really liked it. I think, you know, as far as, you know, a new Disney Pixar, no, sorry, I guess this is DreamWorks, this one. um, You know, it was, it was good. It was predictable in a sense, but it's a, you know, it's a kid's movie, not an adult movie. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But as far as like humor and you know uh, captivation and the story and character development, um, it was awesome. I would totally recommend you know kids between ages of let's say six to to all the way. I'm gonna say all the way up to 18. Watch it because you know it's a, a set in high school time. Um, but it's awesome about, you know, personal growth and, and self-confidence and yeah, it was, it was really good. I was very surprised. I didn't expect it to be as good as what it was. Right. Awesome. All right. Um, for myself, like I, I've got quite a bit here, so I'll quickly try to get through it as fast as I can. Um, I finally watched the Andromeda strain. You know, 40... The, from the 70s? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, 42 years after it was released. Yeah, had, had you read the book? No, I hadn't. Um, okay. But uh, I, one of my YouTubers that I watch uh, did a review about the Andromeda Strain because he's going through, like, old movies and stuff. And uh, I think this was the same guy that reviewed the Poseidon Adventures because I had never watched that either. So I watched that earlier this year. So this one, I was like, I'm going to watch this one. And I, I liked it. I thought it was, you know, very interesting. Um, you know, like I watched it with, with, with my wife. And she was kind of like, you know, rolling her eyes a few times. Like, really? And I'm like, you got to remember, this was made in 1971. So, you know, like the, you know, like just them, the closed circuit them talking on on tv screens to each other that was like unheard of you know most people didn't even have a color tv back in those days uh so that so the technology depicted in this movie was like beyond state of the art at the time um like now it it seems dated but you know for the time it was it was pretty amazing um yeah I, I enjoyed it. You know, Michael Crichton is a, is a great writer, you know, of course, Jurassic Park, Westworld, um, you know, so many good, good stuff that he's been involved in. Um, but yeah, this was his first, was that his first novel and his first movie, I think? Yep. Yep. Because, 
um, Jurassic Park came out, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I I can't remember if I finished the book. I started it. Yeah. And uh, my mom saw the name Michael Crichton. She's like, oh, I didn't realize he had written it. She said, your dad read Andromeda Strain. And uh, they, they had actually, I think they went to see it on a date. Mm. You know, um, pre me being born, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I thought, oh, he wrote that and all. And I found the book at a, like a library book sale or whatever for Dirt Cheap. I'm like, all right, let me read this. Um, so I read it first and then watched the movie. I forget. I must have rented it. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, at the time of this, that it was just randomly on TV. I must have rented it or something. Mm-hmm. And. Yes, does the movie look good for its time? Yes. But I'm reading the book first and having tech in my own imagination of what they could do Mm -hmm. while reading the book. So when I watch the movie, I'm like, eh. Like, now it felt dated. Yeah. If I'd watched the movie fresh or just, or or at the time or whatever, I would have enjoyed it more. Mm -hmm. It's also... It'd be a super easy one to update too, if they ever wanted to do a new version of it. Uh, they actually did. I want to say it was like 2010. Really? Yeah, I, but I th- I want to say it was a T like it was like a TNT movie, something like oh, that. Okay. I want to say Benjamin Bratt was in it. But anyway, um, yeah, the original one, yeah, like uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um. So the second one, I, I actually saw this in the theater. It came to my local finally. Actually, I saw this like three weeks ago. It was like right after we did our last podcast. So I went out and seen this. Uh, and that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, I I liked it. Um, you know, the like that first 20 minutes was awesome. You know, with the, the, the de-aged uh harrison ford i didn't find it jarring like some people found it jarring i didn't i thought they did a really good job um phoebe waller bridge was not as insufferable as some of the critics led me to believe i actually didn't mind her but i do kind of wish they would have cast someone else um, like someone like Daisy Ridley or even Haley Atwell, who I know is in the new Mission Impossible movie, so maybe she couldn't have done it. I don't know. Um, but you know, Phoebe Waller Bridge just, I don't know. I, I, I think they could have had a better actress in that role and it would have been a little bit better. Um, and one of my big, uh, hesitations and spoilers. Uh, Alexa, I'm, uh, do you, are you okay if I... Yeah, go for it. Okay. I don't care. Because <clears throat> I know Kev's seen it. Nope, I haven't, but I'm not oh. about it. Oh, you haven't. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Kev. <clears throat> I thought you had seen it already. Um, So, I think it was about a year ago when it leaked that there was a time travel aspect to this movie towards the end of the movie. And I remember... it. Ragnar and I were talking about it, and I remember telling Ragnar, if if they introduce this, like if this time travel thing happens, I'm not even going to stay. I'm just walking out of the theater. Like, that's going too far for Indiana Jones. For some reason, I, I was really, I didn't, I didn't think time travel would work. But I got to say, it actually worked in this movie. I actually didn't mind that um, part of it. I... I thought it worked really well 
The only real complaint I have about this movie, and it's, you know, the writing, again, is the the, the final, like, five minutes of the movie. Um, it was not well thought out. Um, there were some things that kind of got forgotten by the writers that weren't addressed by the end of the movie, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, this does you know... Like, this would never happen like this. Um, but that being said, you know, overall, I, I I didn't mind it. I liked it. I do think it's better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I do think it's better than that movie. Um, like, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I felt that they filmed too much on the soundstage, whereas this movie felt more... Uh, worldly, which is what I like. My Indiana, my favorite Indiana Jones movies are the ones where he's actually out and about and doing things. Um, Temple of Doom, out of the original trilogy, Temple of Doom is my least favorite because it, it's I feel I feel claustrophobic when I watch that movie because it's like him in caves for most of the movie. Um, I like it when he's outside and and going different places and. And all that kind of stuff. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching. <clears throat> um, so, Kev, you were talking about uh, the DC animated movies. Um, the WB animated division recently did a Babylon Five uh, animated movie. Oh. Um, it's called Babylon Five: The Road Home. Um, so they brought. For people that don't know, Babylon Five was a was a TV show, space set on a space station made in the nineties. Um, it ran from nineteen. They did a TV movie in nineteen ninety three, and then the series ran from nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety eight. They did four TV movies by the end of the nineties, and they did a DVD special in two thousand seven. Um, so this is the first Babylon 5 project since 2007. And um, the unfortunate thing about Babylon 5 is a lot of the original cast uh, has passed away um, for different reasons. Um, you know, uh, the, the actor who played Jakar, Andreas Katsoulis, I believe, died of lung cancer. Stephen First, who played uh, Veer, died of diabetes complications. Um, the guy who played Garibaldi, uh, Jerry Doyle, uh, he passed away from a heart attack, I believe. The guy uh, who played Dr. Franklin died of a heart condition. Um, you know, the guy who played Commander Sinclair passed away. Um, yeah, like literally half of the original cast has passed away uh, since then. Um, so for this animated film, the, for the, uh, the, the, the actors that are still alive, they were able to do the voices for their characters in this movie. Um, except for one actor who couldn't be in it because he was, I think, doing another project. But he only had like one or two lines in the movie anyway. Like his character wasn't like a big part of this movie. Uh, so they had to recast some of the people from 
the original series to do the voices. The one voice actor, the guy who did Garibaldi, like you, you, I couldn't even tell it wasn't Jerry Doyle. He sounded exactly like him. He, it was amazing. Uh, but and the guy who did Zathras was pretty good. Uh, but the other ones, you know, they they did the best they could. Um, but yeah, that the guy who did uh, the voice of uh, Garibaldi was just bang on, like amazing. Um, and it was a great movie. I, 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 as a Babylon 5 fan, you know, it was done in the DC animated house style. So it looks like a, like a, like a, like, yeah, DC animated movie, but it's Babylon 5 instead of superheroes. Um, which I like that style. I love that type of animation. So I was all for that. And yeah, I really hope if this is the future of Babylon 5 doing animated movies like this, I'm all for it because th this was this was great, I, fantastic, and this movie definitely opens up because they did basically their own multiverse story in this movie, so it opens up all of these new possibilities of future Babylon Five projects where things can be different, but the same. If that makes any sense. Um, so, because, you know, like, there's been rumors that there's going to be a new Babylon 5 TV show. Originally, it was going to be on the CW, but then they sold the CW, and now it's kind of in limbo. Um, so, possibly they could do, you know, like, now there's an explanation as to why this Babylon 5 show would be different, but yet the same. So, yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I really like this. It was, it was well worth the watch. Um, and I think that's where I'm going to, where I'm going to end it. Cause, uh, I'm a few episodes behind on Ahsoka. I've only seen the first two. I'm told episode three is really short. And then I'm told this, the newest episode that came out last night was really good. So I have, so I don't want to talk about it yet. Other than I hate how Disney has like neutered the lightsaber. Um, cause it used to be, you know, a lightsaber in star Wars was something to be amazed at, but also feared, you know, like you had to be really careful because you could cut someone's hand off. Like we saw Luke get his hand <laughs> cut off. We saw Anakin get his arm cut off. Uh, we saw Qui-Gon take a, a, a gut shot from a lightsaber and he died. But yeah. now, but now in modern star Wars, you can you can take a gut shot in the lightsaber and you and just you just walk it off. Um, like in episode was it episode yeah episode one uh one of the characters took a a shot to the gut just like Qui Gon, and the next episode she was fine she just had a little mark on her on her tummy, and I'm thinking to myself, what about all the internal organs that got like vaporized when this lightsaber went through her like how how can she be walking this off even if she you you rushed her to a hospital she still has a hole in her like how, how like how do you come back from bounce back from that in one episode like it just i don't know it's like disney do, they don't want people to be afraid of lightsabers or something um and i don't understand why they're doing that because then they can sell more lightsaber toys well I, I know i know building your own lightsaber <laughs> at like disneyland at disney world is like a big thing 
So maybe that's what they're doing. But the, but then just don't have people get stabbed. Yeah. Just write it so they that they're not getting stabbed in the gut. Um, and I actually watched this one um, YouTuber. He because there is a science behind lightsabers, right? And he and his, you know, because he he did the analysis like you know how hot a lightsaber gets, um, you know if it if it passed through flesh, like literally if you stab someone with a lightsaber, like if there was a real lightsaber in real life that had the properties that they say a lightsaber has, if someone got stabbed with it, they would literally like explode into dust. Because it would vaporize all the all the moisture in the body that you would literally like burst into like dust if you were if you were stabbed with a lightsaber. So you know, way to ruin dreams with science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and I realize it's just a show and and all that, but it's like. Man, if a lightsaber could take down Liam Neeson, it should be able to take down anybody. And and now people are just walking off lightsaber gut shots like they're nothing, you know. Like I just I, I think it's wrong in so many levels. But anyway, I I'm I'm gonna give Ahsoka a chance. I'm gonna finish watching the episodes. I've been watching Foundation. I'm behind on that show too, but it's been good. I've been really enjoying it. Um. And yeah, that's basically all I got. Um, been watching a lot of baseball uh, on TV and uh, live. Um, my my sister and brother in law played in a tournament this last weekend, so I went and watched some of their games. A lot of fun, yeah. But anyway, that's all I got for this week. Um, so I think we can call this an episode, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Uh, for myself, next week, like I said, we're planning on recording our 80s movie discussion. So hopefully that'll be the next episode after this one. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll just keep uh, trucking along with, uh, with the podcast going forward. Hopefully uh, I'm not going to get sick again. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, Alexa, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Rexarula. That's where I usually am. <laughs> Excellent. Not as often as I'd like, but you know, I try. Yep. Excellent. And Kevin, where can we find you, sir? Oh, Chris, I've been up to something else. Oh, right. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, for, for newer listeners or ones that don't know, um, all of my stuff a few years ago was Team Hellions, mm -hmm. and then I went, I, there, there, there was a, there's a long story of someone trying to sue the site and me getting scared. And it turned out it's some scam artist thing, but I did not know it at the time. Mm. And so I switched site names and did yeah. all this stuff. And then lately I'm like, I want that name back. Like, that's what so many people online still call me. That's how I'm referenced. That's yeah. like the shorthand and all. I'm like, I want that back. Unfortunately, someone had bought the name. So all of my social media is at Hellion's Team. I reversed it. Mm. And I updated the URL to my site. 
to be hellionsteam.com and all of my old articles and everything should be reset, hopefully. Okay. If anyone finds any errors or anything I've forgotten, go ahead and message me. I'm trying to fix all of it, but I'm sure I've missed something. So no longer Mass Library, it's Hellion Teams. Nope. Hellion's Team. Excellent. All right. Yep, I, I, took, I took my old name back. Yeah. No, that's Wait good. To it, stick it to the scammer. <laughs> yeah. That's a good name. No, I, good. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I also like Mass Library too, so I'm not I'm I'm partial to both. Yeah. But uh excellent. All right. Well, um I guess we can call this an episode. So on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, my co host Kevin Decent, and our special guest Alexa, I wanna thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Follow Reloaded. And this was the News and Discussion Podcast for Geeks by Geeks, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. Bye.